Okay, so welcome back to the Parentpreneur Show, um, where I have the great pleasure in introducing Alessio Cirillo, who not only is a great guy, um, he is a man who has been working in the financial services in the investment management industry for over 15 years and is uh, currently in the Middle East, in Dubai, works for Al Dhabi Capital in Abu Dhabi, and he's very much what I'd call an entrepreneur. So, Alessio's already stepped into an already established business um, and he's backed by the company's available resources. Um, but there he he flows and he develops open-ended ideas and turns them into real-world products and services for for the for the customers, for the clientele of Al Dhabi Capital. Mate, thank you very much for being on the show. This this uh, as we said before we hit kind of record is going to become just like our usual sort of conversations and coffee chats. Um, I've known you for crikey. I don't know how long now, and um, it's always a pleasure. And uh, you very much uh, a brother by another mother, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to kick off with this one because I think this is quite a funny way of introducing you to the audience, the people listening, people watching. Italian dad, English mom, Peruvian wife, living in Dubai. Is it fair to say you don't do plain vanilla? Yeah, I just never like to make my life easy for myself. But firstly, thank you for the very kind introduction. Um, And by the way, everything you said is, as you know, reciprocated more than mutual. And uh, we go back a long way. And um, and I'm very happy to to do this. So I think I always kind of felt slightly out of place when I was growing up. You know, it's it's difficult having this English accent being called Alessio Pietro Cirillo, um, having the, the most stereotypical Italian father. And and a, and a very sort of you know, stereotypical English mother, and you know, sort of not not really knowing, I guess, having sort of some kind of identity crisis when you're when you're younger. But um, I, uh, but then yes, as you say, I I uh, met my wife Carmen. Uh, I think it was about eleven or twelve years ago. So I married a married a, a Peruvian, and uh, and my my mixed daughter who is Peruvian Italian she has a British and Italian citizenship she speaks Spanish she's also learning Arabic uh we live in Dubai there's nothing quite uh, I guess uh, there's nothing sort of very um, what's the word conventional I would say about about our life but you know however where where we live it's this is very conventional you know it's it's um uh her friends are you know gr- greek nigerian or or lebanese um french or you know it's so that, that's the interesting thing about the kids growing up here it's like the, the you know the concept of like nationality and identity is just it's it's almost like it's it's irrelevant to them you know yeah. so they're more interested in just like the latest um you know, computer games and fashion and stuff like that. So it's uh, so it's very it's very interesting. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's any coincidence you ended up in sort of quite a contrarian sort of culture, um, because, yeah. like you said, you know where 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 we met, where I live, where where you were born and raised, is quintessentially English. You know, it's it's very quaint old-fashioned stuff like that and i think um and i think of all the people i know you are the most thoughtful not in the sense that you buy me flowers and chocolate but in the sense that you think a lot and you, 
<laughs> it, it, it wouldn't go amiss, you know. Um, but I do think that you are a very thoughtful person. You're very mindful. Perhaps mindful is a better word. And you are also one of the most well-read and eclectic read people I know as well. I think that makes you a heck of an interesting person and a heck of an interesting father as well because of what you bring to the party. So throwing into the mix there, as you said, of this sort of multicultural, um, multi-dimensional environment that, that is Dubai, I think you've got a, a unique opportunity to kind of fully express yourself as not just as a, an entrepreneur, but uh, as a parent as well for, for Valentina. What um what do you reckon the kind of starting point was? Where where do you kind of think that contrarian seed was planted uh, in 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 your head? Wow, what a great question! Um, you know, I think it's you're right about sort of growing up in 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 Marlow. It is so quintessentially um, you know English and. I mean, and it's a it's a it's a beautiful place. Uh, I think you know, moving to Dubai has really, to be honest, it's it's helped me flourish. You know, and not just as a father, but just professionally and 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 as a person as well. You know, it's a, it kind of goes back to that thing where my name is my name is not important here. My background is not important here. It doesn't really matter, and I like that. I like the fact that. I'm not important. You know, nothing about me is really actually special at all here. I'm just like every other parent here who is of a different nationality, from a different place, speaks different languages. I I like that. Um, where where I don't know where that sort of where that kind of where that started that that sort of contrarian route came from. I you know perhaps it came from perhaps it came from my 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 sort of upbringing I guess right I mean so my 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 parents uh, separated um when I was when I was young um we I think there's been countless books and TED talks on uh, absent fathers and uh, incarceration rates in the US um you know so I I won't go down that road and you know I I uh, it's it's there's a lot of you know trauma we could we could bring up there but i i think probably that did have a that did have a sort of profound effect on the, the way i saw you know the rest of 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 you know of my life and and it's it's really informed uh how i act as a father to today um so every parent says this right it's cliche as it comes but we try we try desperately not to repeat the mistakes of 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 our parents yeah um but it's you know i can say i think from the day that my daughter was born there it was just like a you know it was just like a it was it was like an awa- awakening like you know all that trauma suddenly just you know uh, came up with inside me and i had and i was like okay i've either got to become um you know i'm either going to carry on being this guy that i was in my 20s which is just like you know basically not very responsible a bit a bit all over the place or i can i can take everything that i've learned and try and become the best possible role model for my daughter so yeah i don't know if i answered that very well but uh, hope it gives you a little bit of <laughs> Yeah. To my- <laughs> no, I, I, I think um, I think with uh, 
with with the arrival of a of a child uh, comes great responsibility and also it's quite exciting as well i you know i know when uh, when thomas my oldest arrived i had all of these pre kind of prescribed sort of plans and ideas of how i would be as a dad yeah. you know but i think it's a bit like it's mike tyson isn't it who said um everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face um so yeah as soon as i you know the, the first one arrives you're like oh shit that's not gonna work at all and then that doesn't take into account the fact that they are their own little people in their own rights with personalities who who don't necessarily want to do things the way dad's expecting it what um what kind of challenges have you encountered in terms of trying to steer and shepherd um as a dad and and what kind of pushbacks have you had and and have you had any sort of like like lessons out of that or aha moments because i i go on I, I, to be honest, I think I think what you just said there before kind of it segues nicely into that. The fact that you have expectations, right? When you're, you know, when you're about to, uh, when you're about to become a father, you know, you think like they're going to be maybe a little version of you, or at least half like you, or some bizarre sort of preconception you have, and turns out that they're, you know, completely fucking different to you. They have their own views. They're, you know. And, um, you know, in my case, my, um, you know, my, my daughter is, was, is completely different to how I was as, as, as a child. You know, I was, I was actually quite, um, I had terrible like concentration. I was like very sporty. I couldn't sit still. I was hyperactive all the time. I mean, I'm still a little bit like that, but, uh, you know, uh, thing, things I, I can calm myself down a little bit now. My daughter is, you know, is the opposite. She's very calm. She's very, you know, studious. And she's very, she's very cerebral in in, in that sense. Um, so it's it's. I think you know, having having those those preconceptions is is definitely it's not the wrong thing to have, but it will definitely um, you know pose a barrier as to how you're gonna uh, you know sort of continue raising your your kids sort of um you know going forward um but um yeah it's 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 you know every, every day i think you just it's again cliche as it sounds you take every day as it comes mm. and you have to just be completely open-minded about what that day is going to bring you know my daughter's nine now and for the first time two days ago i took her to school uh she decided not to talk to me like in in the car and she's just literally got the hump with me <laughs> And it's the first time I've ever had to deal with that. And, you know, you've going back to that, what we're saying, you've got that expectation that my child is always going to have a nice conversation with me on the way to school. And is and suddenly, boom, they just they're in a foul mood with you for absolutely no reason. It's like, how do I deal with this? And it really and it cut me. It hurt me a lot, you know. Yeah. And and it was like, it's OK. It's part of the, it's it's a journey. Right. It's not a destination. It's just like just just keep going. Take the you know, take these things as they come. Um, so, so I, I guess probably in summary, it's just having a completely, having a completely open mind and, 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 and trying to go with the flow as much as you can. And just, and realizing you cannot control anything. You just have to just give a little nudge, this direction, nudge, this direction, just keep pushing them until they're going on the sort of what you think is the right part. Just constant little iterations, like an airplane, isn't it? When it's sort of constantly adjusting adjusting course that's um 
That's actually really interesting. Yeah, similar things happen quite recently now. It used to be that, uh, you, you know well, because our children went to the same school. Um, yeah. And uh, uh, the, the the car park, you know, you yeah. park up and then yeah, you'd walk, exactly. the kids, walk the kids to the gate. And these days it's like, no, no, you're okay. Just drop us off, Dad. Just drop us off. And it's like literally like a parachute jump. It's like, you know, doors open, flying out with their rucksacks on. Bye. And you're kind of thinking, well, okay, that's, that's what you kind of want for them, isn't it? You don't want them to be clinging onto your leg and sort of crying as they go through the school gate. So I guess that's, that's a positive. I'm um, not quite sure how I'm going to deal with uh, with with my daughter when she starts having the hump with me because she'll uh, you well she'll be off the scale with it. But, <laughs> so uh, I, I touched on uh, the, at the top of the show um, about you being out there and and your work with Al Darby Capital. Tell me a bit more about it. You know what do you do um, and what's it like being in that environment. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so my my background is all uh, asset management or investment management, depending on which side of the pond you come from and and how you define it. Um, so, I've worked for big blue chip American organizations for for most of my life. Yeah, sure. So, so uh, my background is all uh, asset management or investment management. I've been doing that since about two thousand seven. Um, I've worked pro- predominantly for American blue chip asset managers. And then last year, I moved to Al Dhabi Capital, which is essentially um, a hedge fund based in in Abu Dhabi. So I'm doing the long commute from Dubai to Abu Dhabi uh, every day, which is like nearly a four-hour round trip at the moment. Uh, My job is essentially I'm head of sales. So my job is essentially investor relations. I'm out there to try and raise capital for the, the funds. So the funds are essentially like a basket of publicly traded uh, equities, which are traded in uh, on the Abu Dhabi stock exchange, Dubai, and and Saudi Arabian uh, stock exchange as well. So we put it in a nice uh, investment vehicle, which investors can then come in, put their money in. We manage it for them, try and make them money and and make them happy. So I'm not actually on the investment side. That's all the smart people that do that. I'm just basically the guy who takes uh, people with lots of money out for for dinner and uh, and the the the, 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 the glamorous checks. It's the glamorous end of the business, and uh, yeah, I, I, and I know this for a fact that without the selling bit, which is effectively what you're doing, there is there is no business for the clever guys in the back office. So uh, yeah, don't do yourself down. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, someone's got to do it. It's, it's a dirty job eating in yeah, uh, five star restaurants every day, but hey. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what have you learnt from your work life that you kind of bring? to bear upon sort of parenting or vice versa are there sort of common threads between the two two worlds or are they really quite distinct yeah i mean i i think you know sort of my my um uh my job is is front office dealing with uh client relationships all the time so i'm talking with with people and as you know with talking with people um you have to have a lot of patience a great deal of patience um and and you know so i think that um you know i think when when i when i come home and um you know and and my daughter's like trying to explain something to me which should take three seconds and it goes on for 15 minutes uh you know luckily it's it's like okay you know the uh, prefrontal cortex is just saying like it's all right. She'll get to the end. Just be relaxed, relax. Let, let her talk. Let her talk. Uh, so, so I, I think you know, just 
just just generally you know talk, talking with people having that patience it's it's a good sort of transferable skill that you can you can probably um you know bring bring back to your bring back to your 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 child i you know one one thing i think is also for me is like scheduling it's it's like um you know and 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 giving quality time to to people so i think you know every salesperson knows that uh, you know, you it's better to have five amazing relationships than two thousand like average relationships, right? Uh, so you you know you you invest that time and that energy and that commitment uh, into those those relationships, and 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 then the fruits start to bear, right? After after a while, uh, equally that goes with being a parent, right? It's 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 about scheduling time and sitting down and making sure that you're giving that real focus and that um and that uh energy on 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 the conversation that you're having with your kids it's 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 finding that um that sort of dynamic equilibrium isn't it yeah yeah it's- yeah it is it is it's 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 challenging um but also you know i think the other thing is also like uh you know, I did. I didn't didn't come from 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 money. Uh, something you know. And now, having you know worked in my industry for for you know nearly seventeen eighteen years, it's another component of the conversation I have with my daughter now uh, is about learning the the value of things and 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 how to you know invest money and why you should do it and save for the future and look after your family. And very interestingly, last night, my daughter she said to me. Um, I was actually probably a little bit mean, you know, she was asking about a certain toy she wanted or something. And I sort of, I just dismissed her straight away. And I was like, you have no idea about the value of money. You've got no idea, like how much it takes to, you know, um, fuel this car up, pay this rent, pay for your school, all this kind of stuff. And massive credit to her. She came back to me and she said, daddy, I know what economics is. Um, And she said, if you've got a uh, notebook shop, um, you go to the guy who makes the notebooks, you buy it off him for five dirhams, and then you sell it for seven dirhams, and you make two dirham profit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I was like, okay, that that. so I'm getting a good ROI on my daughter's education right now. Because at her age, I wouldn't have had a bloody clue what she was talking about. So, like, I was, I was impressed that she's... Uh, She's already thinking, you know, in in terms of basically the 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 essential components of economics, which is supply and demand, and she she gets it straight away. She's so, got it uh, straight away. Yeah, I, think I think that's fascinating. I think for for children as well these days, there is uh, there's almost a, it's never been easier. Uh, a friend was saying this earlier. Um, it's never been easier to sort of like learn, do, or be something great. But equally, I think that the, the counterbalance to that is there's also this massive sense of overwhelm, which could leave people, children, feeling helpless. So I think a big challenge for for, for parents is is steering that pathway to give them enough knowledge and enough confidence without sort of overwhelming them. I know I struggle with. I've I've always been. Um, I, I've never done the kiddie talk, you know, I never did the coochie coos yeah. and the, oh, or diminutizations or stuff like that. I've always been quite frank and, and, and adult in my conversation with the kids. Yeah. Um, but I sometimes worry that I've made them grow up too much too quickly. How do you think, um, how do you find the balance between 
teaching enough but also letting them have that sort of innocence like that childhood innocence yeah well look first first of all i don't think you you're doing anything wrong with your kids at all i mean like thomas and savannah i love them as if they were my kids they're fantastic children you guys do an amazing Thank you. job i really respect you for that so um but so that's a really tough question i um um it's it's almost like i think you it goes back to like you can't control them right so so you're you're almost like just a guardian watching over them right so because they're naturally going to be curious about whatever they're curious about you know whatever drives them what you know they're like we 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 said they're their own uh, they have their own minds they have their own brains they have their own desires their own wants yeah and uh, it's almost like you can't stop them from you know learning about certain things and you know particularly you know, Valentina, she's earwinging all the time, listening in, uh, you know, and sometimes we'll just be eating and my wife and I will just be having a conversation. And suddenly you just see this little face going, you know, <laughs> listening in. And it's like, so she, she, they have that natural curiosity and you don't really want to, you don't want to stifle curiosity. You don't want to stop them no. uh, from, 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 from having that. Um, so I think it's almost just being like a sort of like guardian caretaker type thing. Just, just, you know, if they want to know something which is maybe a little bit, you know, too too much of a mature theme, maybe give them like twenty five percent of what you should be talking about and have it watered down a little bit. As they get older, you just increase that um, a, a little bit. I think it just it's almost just comes from an an innate feeling about what this child should know at this age and probably what you wanted to. You know, you remember what it was like being nine and ten years old. How much you wanted to know, and just how much kind of satisfied your ins- sort of insatiable curiosity at that age, right? It just comes from a sort of natural, like I think this is all they need to know, and that will hopefully just shut them up <laughs> for long for long enough. Do you know what though? But your answer just just shows what a con- consummate sort of communicator you are, which you know I I know is very much what you. It's you. You know how you do anything is how you do everything whether we're having a coffee or a, or a beer when we're in the same place, um, whether you're with a client, whether you're with, you know, with your daughter, the way you communicate is, like I said before, very mindful. You're very, very, I was going to say conscious, but it's the wrong word because I don't think you are. I think it's subconscious for you. Introducing Leadology.ai, sponsors of series one of The Parentpreneur Show. Leadology.ai is the ultimate all-in-one digital marketing platform for service-based businesses ready to supercharge your success. With Leadology's exclusive offer for the Parentpreneur Show listeners, not only will you receive two months free with an annual subscription, but you'll also unlock an ultra-smart bonus bundle of clever solutions for your Parentpreneur business that will help you save time and unlock a world of opportunities. This bundle alone is worth $997. Just click on www.leadology.ai slash Mike to learn more. What makes you such a good communicator? Is that learned or is it inherent? Is it the Italian genes? <laughs> I, mean, I think so. Like, I'll, I'll be completely honest. I think when I was actually younger, I was a terrible communicator. And... Um, I struggled to get words out. 
I, my mind was all over the place. You know, I was I was completely hyperactive and I'd be jumping from one thing to another. Um, and I think, you know, by the time I got to, I would say, I would say secondary school, maybe even like beginning of college. I, I, so I, I did the, I did the uh, international baccalaureate for for college, and I remember just being lumped with some really bright people, and I felt completely out of my depth because they were able just to commute, like articulate ideas so beautifully, and I was very jealous of how they could do it. Yeah, and so I th- I thought to myself, I just I want to I want to be able to express myself like them and so i just practiced and i just practiced and i think the only way you can you can do that is literally by just going and talking to people all the time being very very you know non-judgmental and open-minded about what what they're saying and just taking it on on board and just trying to learn from what they're saying as well yeah um and being 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 um being moldable, not moldable. And that's, I mean, now we're talking about like my ability to express. And now I can't think of the word. But <laughs> being able to, you know, um, not be too rigid in, in your identity and who you are, being able to allow like, you know, other um, other ideas and thoughts to, you know, guide you sometimes and shape you and maybe think differently about things. Um, and then it becomes more like a, more like a flow rather than I have to have this, this very centric view of the world right so so honestly it was was not natural for me and it's just come from really trying to 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 practice and be empathetic to who i'm who i'm talking to as well that's that's interesting because i wouldn't have put you down as having struggled at it because i think you're quite a natural communicator you're you're kind of almost like a storyteller and i know you know people who've not met you or who don't know you won't know that you're actually incredibly creative as well. You're, you're, you're very, very musical. Um, and do you think that that is something that has helped you? Do you, cause, cause you, you, you speak in a very sort of lyrical way, almost, almost musical. Um, do you think that that's something, just another expression of that, the music and the communication, are they two of the same things? Yeah, I think I strangely actually I think I think you know my um that that was probably how I expressed myself when I was when I was younger and I wrote some very funny songs when I was actually Valentina's age and my my mum who you know very well she'll embarrass me and she'll show you the videos of when I was 9 years old writing really embarrassing uh, songs but it was it was how I communicated uh, how I communicated um how I wanted to express myself um i think i think it runs in our family a little bit right so you know we we um um we have a lot of pianists in my family um i always watch my grandmother who's who's you know what is my hero you know so watching her sing and dance and be theatrical and i always admired that and and looked up to her um i i think but there is there is something probably slightly you know in innate about it you know i whatever i try and do however however english and rational and logical i try to be these hands just (laughs) still go like this i you know i something i cannot help so why deny it just try and complement it with some uh you know with some some 
uh, you know, logical language at the same time, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like trying to tie, yeah, try, trying to tie an Italian person's hands up and they suddenly become mute. It's quite exactly. funny. Please, I, th- I, well, I think it's, I think it's Latin generally. Um, yes. I, I think it's kind of there. It's sort of like a, a natural thing and or nurture because I saw t- Thomas on the pitch last weekend playing football. He got really, really irate with the referee and he went up and he went, Ah, he gave it the two, like you know, and then I'm just like crying with like laughter on the touchlines and uh, thinking, oh, you know, so it's, it's quite funny. I mean, you, you've you've mentioned someone who I think you might give as an answer in this next question, but what or who um, would you say the sort of the two biggest uh, inspirations are? If there's more than two, great. If not, but who would you say or what have been great inspi- inspirations for you? So in terms of who, um, my grandmother has 100% been probably my biggest family inspiration. Um, She's, uh, well, you know her as well. And she's just, uh, she's just an amazing, amazing person. She's, you know, she's would describe herself as a war baby. And so, you know, growing up, she taught me that concept of like, you know, rationing, um, stiff upper lip, keep calm and carry on, keeping positive, and and she lives by that. You know, she's she's a comp- she's totally, you know, optimistic all the time on things. She's very jovial. She's very chatty. She loves to sing. I mean, God, she's what 86, 87 years old, and she still puts on a choir twice a year and goes and entertains people. Um, I love her to death. She's just uh, she's just an amazing person. So I still to this day I look up to her. And she, but she knows that as well. You know, she's I tell I tell her a lot. Um, That's very cool. It's it's funny while while you're thinking of a, of a second. It's quite funny because whenever I see your grandmother coming, I a look forward to it and b know that I need to set aside at least the next ten minutes to listen to her <laughs> because it's like great. And and the great thing is you come away always with like a little nugget. It might be a nugget of like local history. It might be when the choir is performing next. And if, if, if she doesn't see us in the crowd, she'd be really disappointed. It's just really fun. And yeah, you're absolutely right. She embody, she does embody that kind of uh, wartime spirit. And, but it's always done with, with good humor, you know, no nonsense cracking on. Yeah. She's, she's an absolute soldier of a, of a person. She's wonderful. Yeah. She's one of a kind. She is totally one of a kind. She's amazing. Um, I would say that's pretty, really my main influence in life. I think, you know, when I was, in terms of probably male role models, you know, strangely enough, you you asked the question and this person just came to my head here. So I'm I'm going to say it because, it, you know, I haven't thought about this person for years. Yeah. But I had this, I had this rugby teacher at, at school and um, he he sticks in my mind because I just remember the encouragement he used to give me you know and it wasn't just on the on the rugby pitch it was um it was just just generally he saw something me as a person and i would honestly say that growing up i didn't have many people like that at all in 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 my life and he he would you know inspire me i i remember he'd always sort of like you know 
we say like, well, if you run out of ideas, give the ball to Alessio and he'll help you. You know, he would always just like compliment me like this and just gave me that confidence, particularly at an awkward time in my life when I was a teenager and I, I needed it. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's funny. I would never have consciously I wasn't thinking about him, but he just came up in my head then, and I was like, yeah. maybe I just need to give him give him a, a shout out as well. Uh, and then there have been you know book, books that have influenced my life um, as well. So when I was like in my my teen years, obviously I got into like uh, Camus and and you know I suddenly went down like the existentialist route, and and then suddenly I became like one of these very annoying. Um, you know, teenagers who suddenly thought like, oh, yes, I've like worked it all out now. I get it, right? Life <laughs> is meaningless and this is how you live in the present. Blah, blah, blah. So, um, but Cam- Camus definitely inspired me. Um, another author that inspired me was a guy called uh, Her- Herman Hess as well. Okay. He's like a uh, Swiss, um, you, you know, the band uh, Steppenwolf, right? You know, Steppenwolf, yeah. they were uh, born to be wild, right? Born yes. To be- um so they the band is actually named after a book by Herman Hess called called Steppenwolf and um it's it's all about the sort of the 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 basic the wolf inside every man right so it's like how do you control that and how do you how do you tame it and he he was heavily influenced by um you know, Eastern um, philosophy and Eastern wisdom and, and religion as well. He was massively influenced by by Buddhism as well. So he wrote a book called uh, Siddhartha, which is a sort of tale about uh, about the the Buddha as well. I am obsessed with his writing. I just and I, to be honest, I think if um, if you haven't if you haven't read any of his books. It's inspiring. I love I love his books as well. I so. I, I haven't, so I'll a read that myself and b stick it in yeah. the show notes for anyone else who's interested in it but it's interesting you speak about buddhism because if i think of one thing that i know you for it is that yeah. you are quite spiritual and you do draw upon buddhism more than more than anything else i think yeah. you know and you, you're, you're also one for when you're when you're in this country for going for long sort of rambling walks through the chilterns for example you know I, how how important is that sort of side to you in terms of like your spiritual side how much of that is is alessio it's um it's honestly probably not many people who know me uh know this part of me as well as as well as you do and you know who's someone who i can feel i can actually talk about this but i would say it's it's fundamental to who who i am um it's one of the only things in my life which just resets me brings me back to you know who i am where i am what i'm doing it's uh it's 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 water it's food it's that essential for me um and i go through periods where i i you know might not practice uh, meditation for for some some time and I'm not a good person. I'm not a happy person. As soon as I come back to to meditation, and and I, I actually chant when I meditate as well. Um, it um, it takes me to a higher place, and it's for me. It's 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 integral, and I wouldn't be me if I didn't have it. So it's it, it's very powerful. Um, and I know you're the same as well. I know you have you have that deep affinity with 
with meditation and spirituality as well. So it's uh, yeah, uh, it's you're, you're you're one of the people I feel like I can sh- I can you know open up about this to without uh, without being accused of being woo woo. So <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because you know you're you're um, charismatic. You're a good looking guy. And people kind of almost think of you as a as a um, a guy's guy and stuff like that. So I think it's it can be quite a it's quite an antithesis to to have that sort of side be so strong in you. You know, I'm you know uh, I'm I'm a, a roughy tufty sort of face for radio, grumpy old bastard. Um, so again, it wouldn't be the sort of I was brought up in a really strict, not strict, but you know, my parents were both very devout Catholics. Um, so in the sense that I appreciate that having a sort of a spiritual discipline is, is good. I think I've taken that from them, but not necessarily sort of, you know, the, uh, the organized religion side of things. What uh, you're quite right. Meditation is a good thing. And I'm a much nicer person. If I, even if I give myself just a little short burst um, in the morning, it's one of those things where particularly if you, if you know, sort of an entrepreneur, you're, you're, you're busy in the, in the financial world, um, I'm busy trying to run, you know, sort of various um, entrepreneurial businesses, my side, and then raising kids as well. It's 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 tricky. I, I, I said to someone recently, it's important for me to have a framework within which to work. And for me, one of those things is, and I've learned this recently, is is rather do just a minute of it than not at all. You know, so I've... I've kind of fallen off the the meditation bandwagon a wee bit over the last month or two, just because it's been so hectic. But I found that just doing a five minute sort of mindful sort of meditation, it, the, the weather's improving here so I can walk out, you know, everyone else is still asleep. I'll be up early before everyone else and stand outside and just sort of like feel the the, the, the sun and just yeah take, take some deep breaths and just center myself. I think it's yeah. really essential. Um, I know, you have that, and I know you read a lot. What other kind of disciplines, what other sort of habits do you try and sort of bring into your daily life and that you'd hopefully uh, sort of encourage by example or otherwise in in your daughter? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, you know, I, I, to be honest, like some, something I've been thinking about is um, is something that I know you're a big advocate of as well, which is, you know, doing, you know, journaling as well. You know, journaling, um, I want, and I, this is something I don't do enough of, but I, something I really want is to do like more affirmations as well, because I, uh-huh. I really strongly believe in the, of the, of the power of that. You know, I think all of us, we have these sort of like, um, we have these sort of like pre presets in our subconscious, which are not helpful and just, you know, are taking us some ways that we're not even aware of most of the time. Um, and so a good reset is just to get those affirmations, daily affirmations going in. So honestly speaking with you has really given me those, I, those ideas. And, and, and I really genuinely want to do the, the journaling, the affirmations more often. I think it's so, so, so important. Um, so I, I try, I try to do that. I'm, awful with my uh with my my diets and and keeping fit these days but recently actually that's that's changed a lot i was just i was in uh i was in georgia uh two two weeks ago and um which is in uh in the caucasus and the food there is outrageously good and i just came back and i looked on the scale and i was just i was just horrendous so you know i i'm desperately you, you know not only doing this for me, but I want my daughter to see like 
Okay, let yourself go. You get back to the gym. You eat properly. Um, go for a run. Um, you, you, I wish you could cut out alcohol. I really wish I could. I'm trying to cut down on that a lot, but yeah. uh, that, that's another one. I mean, it doesn't really, it doesn't help anyone, right? It's not, it's not good for you in any way. It's just, it's unfortunately again so ingrained up here. Yeah. Um, if you come from an Italian or a British culture, right, it's just wine or beer, and it's just it's your life. There's no escaping it. So I'm trying. I'm, I, I I want to do that, but I would say I'd go back to you know the things that really ground me is my meditation. Doing it once in the morning and once in the evening, just to kind of bookend your day. So start yeah. off with the right intentions. Um, you know, when I meditate as well, I don't pray so much, but I try to set the 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 my desires and my wants for me and my family and my friends um hopefully have some success during the day by the end of the day meditate again to reflect on that and then think try again tomorrow and that's how i try to just keep it you know kind of bookend and 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 structure my life if i could get one more meditation during the middle of the day that would be great but that's that's a that's a hard time. That's on the that's on the wish list. I think that's a that's a great habit and a great behavior to sort of like develop because by that setting your intentions is wonderful because you know you you are programming your subconscious and then by reflecting on the 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 day that you've had that also encourages like the gratitude and I think yeah. that's something that I'm guilty of. You know, I'm constantly after the next challenge the next objective instead of going do you know what well done you know even even starting this the the parentpreneur show for example this has been on my sort of whiteboard now for months and i just realized you know what it's not gonna make itself just you know shit or get off the pan as the australians say you know (laughs) um and 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 in doing so it was incredibly freeing um because what is it? It's, you know, people talking about ideas. That's, that's all it is. And I think the more you can share those ideas, the more you can grow as a person. And um, I I think it's, these are all good habits. I I try to, I've given up lecturing because I, I, you you said at the top of the show, you try not to repeat the habit or the, the, the sort of behaviors of, uh, you know, people before you, my, my dad was a great lecturer. Uh, I think it was the only kind of way he knew, you know, um, of of imparting knowledge. And uh, I know already my kids are too smart and they just switch off. Yeah. You know, I'm already getting, yeah, 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 whatever, dad. You know, seven and nine, I'm already getting the hand. Um, so setting an example is is a great way of doing it. You know, if they see, so Savannah, my daughter now, she, she sees me sitting down and writing 10 things, you know, and they're all in the present tense. And some of them are silly and superficial or, you know, such as, you know, uh, I'm so happy and grateful that I, you know, release weight and maintain 84 kg or better, you know, written in the present tense, written with feeling. I'm actually thinking about them as I write. And then bigger ones as well, bigger goals, you know, helping people with the various businesses. The more people I can help, the better, you know, my life will be, the better my success is. So encouraging them now. She, for 
I don't know. I don't think it was for a special occasion. She actually made me a new little gratitude journal. She stapled together little bits of paper and she'd put things inside for me to write down and draw a picture here. And so I thought, wow, there we go. You know, something's something's going in. Now, the one thing I think is quite funny because I do know you do exercise because we've done a bit together as well. And I've seen videos on social media. <laughs> so here's this very spiritual, uh, musical, family loving, financial sort of uh wizard and you like hitting things oh yeah you love your boxing so tell me about that because that's that that's a a really interesting dichotomy i think yeah yeah it is you know what so when i um when i went for my interview with aldavi capital the cio he's a great guy comes comes in and he looks at my CV and doesn't ask me about my qualifications or my my work experience. He goes straight to the bottom and he says interest. And the first two things it says is boxing meditation. And he said, he said, well, this sound this looks like a conflict, a contradiction. He's like, I don't, I, I you, you, you're either you seem to be very peaceful or very aggressive. Do I want that kind of person working for me? I don't really understand, you know, what what's going on here. And actually, so I and my response to him was, and it came out at the time it was like it's it's the same, it's the same thing, right? Um, and what I mean by that is, and you'll know this, Mike, is that the feeling you get when you are in a ring with someone. This is this the intensity and the anxiety and the feeling before you go in a ring is like is unbearable. And then you get in there and suddenly it's like you are living completely and fully in the moment like you've never lived before. Yeah. That is the same feeling as meditation. It's the same thing. It's that feeling of being on earth right now in this moment. And being a hundred percent alive, it's that for me, it's exactly the same feeling. You know, it's it's just it's re- revealed in a, two very different ways. One is sitting, doing nothing, and chanting, or, or however you want to do it. One is trying to avoid a fist coming towards your your face very quickly. But the outcome is exactly the same. It's that feeling of just being completely alive in 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 that moment. So anyway, so that. But, you know, the, the, the other side of that is we're also human, right? And we all have stress. And, yeah, there is, of course, that very, um, you know, that, that very base feeling of just wanting to beat the living shit out of someone as well. And we have to get that out of our <laughs> system, right? Um, we, 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 and, you know, whatever people think these days in this kind of, like, in a woke PC world, uh, the the fact is, I I still fundamentally believe that you know I think you know men have to release that. I I and I stupid thing to say even these days that is a controversial thing to say, but in my view, no, I'm sorry, I I fundamentally see men very frustrated, get angry. They don't let it out of their system. It ends very it ends badly. I'm not saying that you know women don't as well, but it. It's just my observation from being around other guys. 
Yeah, it's, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. I think if you don't, it, it's an inherent part of of the male psyche, and it's been, um, what's the word? It's been disenfranchised. You know, you're 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 told not to be that. It's not the civilized thing to do. It's not natural to be physical. And I think what happens is a lot of people, as you say, they internalize it. A lot of men internalize it, and it either comes out as anger or frustration or, or or other sort of compulsive behaviors we, we touched on you know drinking um for example um or it, it's internalized as illness and uh, i don't think there's any coincidence that people feel very stressed these days because it's not cool to say jesus i'd really like to punch that guy in the face right now it's like uh, or to say oh wow you know i'm i, I can't come out right now i'm, I'm going to be meditating for the next half an hour you know and I think to deny part of your sort of personality, part of your um, being, is is going to be really quite unhealthy. So I think, yeah, I think I think it's great that uh, you admit to wanting to hit things. I, I think it's it's you know I I'm going to completely misquote this, but I I I think a couple of days ago I saw or heard or read somewhere, I think it might have been Gable, Gable Mate or something like that. You know, that that he's a very interesting guy. But he was he was talking about, you know, the um the increase in antidepressants and he was showing it on a on a line from going back into the 80s to, to now and it was like a ridiculous, you know, um uh, you know increase every year on the amount of antidepressants and the increase in depression amongst people. And he was saying, you know, fundamentally uh science and medicine has failed human beings against the battle against depression. It doesn't yeah. work, right? Yeah. And and I fundamentally believe that. I I think antidepressants there is one hundred percent a place for it. Absolutely, I would never would never you know say that. But there is something to be said about the fact that you know for for you know thousands of years we've been agricultural animals out there you know on the land plowing and you know doing that honest day's work. Yeah. There, there is. A, I believe that there is something deep down inside of us that is still craving that kind of, you know, that that physical aspect of our of our nature. I, and I think we are just we're bullshitting ourselves if we deny it and say no. We've changed. We're civilized now. We're, I fundamentally don't believe that at all. I don't feel like that. <laughs> no, I agree. Uh, evolution is not that fast. Society, technology, all of that has superseded. You know, at light speed. Yeah. Any any evolution in the in the human sort of like spirit, the human body, all that sort of stuff. I agree. We're still very innately physical, you know, meat carcasses running around with like something spiritual inside of us. It's um, yeah, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, same thing with like the medication as well, you know, because this is as you know with uh, with with the family. I've I've got uh, I have this great dilemma about functional medicine like exercise, food, etc. versus you know, pharmaceutical med- medicine. And I suppose the analogy would be like if you're on a an aeroplane and it's about to crash because something's, you know, really not working well, stick on a parachute and jump out before that crash happens, you know, and that and, and the and the medication is kind of that parachute, but at some point or another you have to land. You know, you can't walk around with that parachute on all the time. Otherwise, it's just well, by its nature, it will slow you yeah. down. It will drag you. It will drag you down. So you then have to sort of use it as a segue. 
you know, there's a place for it, but not uh, it's not a, a replacement just for common sense and healthy healthy living. I agree. I agree. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, you know, nutrients that we just don't get in our body. These, I mean, I would say that one of the things that uh, has helped me living actually in, in the Middle East is the the sun, right? Just, just getting vitamin D on my body every day. That honestly makes me a way more energetic, happy person. It's like something I didn't even think about when I was living in the UK. I was just like, no, I'm fine. You know, it's okay. But the, the, you know, the energy I have just getting like a, you know, sun on my face and, and, you know, it's, it's a complete different thing. I take magnesium every day as well. I read somewhere that, you know, we're just completely lacking in magnesium. You know, we yeah. used to get it from the soil and our plants when we were farming. So, uh, so I take, since I've been taking that, that's helped me a tremendous amount as well. I sleep better. I feel a little bit more positive about things as well. So it's just all these things, I think, you know, we're just, we can, we can help ourselves, you know, we can't, do, we don't, I think there's not just one magic pill, I think the pill, like you say, can, can help. Yeah. But it's everything else that has to go behind that to really get you through those times, I think. It's, it's interesting because that's kind of very, that kind of sums up your philosophy very well. And, and, and I think I mentioned the phrase earlier in conversation that how you do anything is how you do everything and how you treat your work life how you treat your self-care how you treat being a being a father being a parent they're all kind of they are all part and parcel of the same thing um i i always sort of talk about this sort of the three legs of you know sort of my milking stool so self-care which is the one i'm least you know yeah. uh careful about then there's obviously the, the entrepreneurial side of things and then there's being you know a father and a husband as well but i think they're all integral and and do you know what? It actually makes life easier if you have a similar philosophy and similar values across all three areas, because you're not having to chop and change personality or change how you approach life. You just approach life with a one size fits all. The simpler it is, the you know, the more likely it is to succeed. So, agree. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm conscious of time. I, I could quite happily chat forever, um, but this would, it, at being a Friday, inevitably lead to a coffee and then beer with you. So, uh, <laughs> um, I would, I, I'm going to say, I always say at the end of the shows that uh, connecting people has real value. So, where can people find you? And I can put things in the show notes for them to look you up, say hi, or ask you about Herman Hess or anything else, or Buddhism, boxing. Boxing, Buddhism, and oh my god, that's a nice idea for a for a um, Instagram page or something. Yeah. Boxing, Buddhism, and and Hess. Um, yeah, or almost sounds like a law, law firm. Boxing, <laughs> Buddhism, and Hess. Something like that. I don't know. So, um, uh, yeah, so um, you can go to my uh, the the website for uh, www.aldabicapital.ae. I think that's what it is. I have an Instagram. <laughs> handle i think it's uh alessio underscore dxb um or you can email me as well at hrillo at aldabi.ae always happy to talk awesome i'll put those in the show notes for everyone and uh who knows you'll get a, a shout out from uh from someone who's listening or watching us right now 